With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. This is going to be a great episode of the GM Shuffle because a potential trade involving broadcasters. Apparently ESPN had interest in trying to get Al Michaels from NBC, plus... You know, we talk a lot about the Sopranos. We'll also do a nod to the Honeymooners coming up here momentarily. But we got to start, Mike, with coronavirus. I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, this went from something that yeah. I wasn't taking too seriously. And then all of a sudden, the Ivy League's getting canceled. And forces people are dying, you know, elderly people. And it's spreading. There's no, uh, there's no cure for it right now. And the Ivy League tournament just got canceled. I know you, like me, a big March Madness fan, excited for basketball next week. We'll talk about how it's going to affect the NFL potentially. But just your thoughts right now. I know you're on the road in Carolinas. Like, just driving around here and people talking about the coronavirus. Oh, well, you know, it's it impacts everyone's life. I mean, the airlines, uh, you know, are supposed to take, you know, an early, easy flight from Atlantic City to Florida. Millie's going away for a week. Now, you know, going from Newark, have to change plans on that. It, it, it It's kind of like affected everything. And, and hopefully, you know, we can get some containment of this and just keep washing your hands, I guess, is the only cure. Wash your hands and stay out of large crowds, which, you know, next week in March Madness, I mean, I don't know how they're going to handle that. I guess my question to you is, is how do we ever get control of this thing? Like, you know, how does it ever get to where it feels like there's some form of containment? And that's the thing I don't have a, have a grasp on. Yeah, the great Charles Barkley was on Colbert last night. And he said, listen, you still got to live your life. You still got to go to work. You still have to, you know, go for dinner with your wife. You still have to do what you got to do. To your point, make precautions. I think a lot of people, I myself included, never took washing hands seriously. Okay, quick little sprinkle on the hands, right? I got to run. Now I'm like, no, I'm counting out the 27. Seconds, and not supposed to touch your face, and like you said, avoid large crowds. Well, hopefully, this gets settled sooner rather than later. But I think specifically for me, I wasn't taking it seriously, and I was cracking a few jokes, and I was like, "All right, hang on a second. This this appears to be a situation that's quite serious." And living here in Bergen County, there was talk about schools closing. You know as well as I do, Mike. A lot of people that live here obviously work in New York City. Oh, if yeah. you shut down school for two weeks, and all of a sudden no one's going to work, I mean, that is a, a crippling impact on the economy in the city. You can remember when Christopher was making fun of I don't know what when Agent Harris at the Satriels having a sub with the guy from House of Cards. He's sitting next to him. And of course, my man, Christopher, who has no common sense whatsoever, says, oh, the sheriff from Nottingham, just back from diarrhea stand. What cold, what did you catch now? You know, <laughs> it's like, no, it's a little more serious than that, Christopher. Agent Harris, by the way, tremendous. I wish you could have been with me tremendous. at the Sopranos convention. Because he, everybody who took a picture with him, he pretended he was like cuffing you. Like it was great. He was totally in the role of playing Agent Harris. He's such a good guy. 
All right, let's get to uh, name that team. This is great. This is an homage to the Honeymooners. Uh, Mike sent me the clip. Ralph crammed it, of course. Jackie Gleason, one of the all-timers. To the moon, Alice! Bam! <laughs> and him and Norton. So Norton's playing on the piano, and then you're going to play Name That Tune, and then Ralph Cramer will try to guess the, the song he's playing on the piano. So we're going to do Name That Tune for Name That Team. Here are the off-season continuing. The fearless Michael Lombardi will put his prognosticating skills to good work here, not when it comes to gambling, but to predicting the future. So first and foremost, Philip Rivers, a free agent, last played with the Chargers, 38 years of age. Where's he going? Well, I hear he really wants to go to Tennessee. I mean, that's reliably reported to me. I mean, that's that's his place of choice. Now, can he get there in view of the Tom Brady situation? I don't know. But I think Tennessee is where he really wants to go. Speaking of the trade for Al Michaels, I mean, there's been conversations that they tried to get Rivers in the Monday night booth. He said, no, he's still playing. I think it's either going to be Tennessee or Tampa. I'm going to jot all these down, by the way. We'll revisit these later, see how many we were able to get right. Yeah, we got to, we got to grade ourselves here, yeah. yeah. Ryan Tannehill, last of the Titans, of course, a great comeback season. I would have thought they'd lock him up, but talk about Tom Brady of the Titans because the relationship with Mike Vrabel, as you just mentioned, Rivers wants to go to Tennessee. What happens to Tannehill? I think Tannehill is, you know, it's going to be interesting. At 12 o'clock, what, Monday night, when we can start a legal tampering and the league year begins, if they don't have franchise Tannehill by then, I, I, I'd have him going to Oakland. I think he's perfect for what Gruden wants. Athletic, can make a second play, you know, longer than he can trade Carr for an asset. I think Tannehill did, did that. I think they'll pay Tannehill in Oakland. There's something about Tennessee hasn't really come out and said it. Now, maybe it is Brady. I don't know. But unless, if he doesn't get franchised, and I say it's probably still a chance he gets franchised. Oakland's the team of destination for me with him. Okay, I like that pick. How about Teddy Bridgewater? Formerly with the Saints, did a good job filling him when Drew Brees was out. I'm a little skeptical about him being a starter over the course of a season, but what do you think about Teddy? I hear Tampa Bay is absolutely in love with Teddy. Wow. I hear Tampa Bay is it's either going to be Teddy Bridgewater or maybe Phillip Rivers, but I hear it's Bridgewater. Now, that doesn't make any sense to me at all because we know Bruce Arians wants to chuck it down the field, right? Yeah. Teddy's a, a Florida kid, but I hear it's Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. The Bucks love him. Everybody in the league that was at the Combine, they tell me that it, that that's where he's going to go. And when they can start tampering on Monday, they'll have a contract worked out pretty well. Anthony Harris, the safety formerly of the Vikings. This is an interesting one for me because when, when you break him down, he starts 14 games last year. First year really as the true starter. I don't Obviously, Minnesota can't afford to sign him back. This is a hard one. I mean, there's so many teams that do need safeties. I'm going to go Jacksonville here. I think Jacksonville loves to spend money on safeties. They've done it before. I think Jacksonville would be the team here. Now, obviously, as a team we've discussed, lots of front office dysfunction, but perhaps Harris will get paid and go to Jacksonville try to help out that defense. Byron Jones, the cornerback, last with the Cowboys. Oh, I think this is an eagle pick all the way. I think the Eagles want to play some man-to-man. They want to play a little cover, too. I think he fits with what Philly does. I think Philly's going to spend big dollars for a corner, and I think it'll be Byron Jones. That's what I think. I think Philly wants to name that tune with Byron Jones. Eagles corners, dreadful a season ago. I mean, it was really in chaos all season long. Obviously, they had some injuries. I get that, but that would be a significant upgrade for them because that was clearly a weak spot for the team through much of the season. How about Chris Harris Jr., the cornerback out of Denver? Oh, I think he'll get a lot of action. I mean, you know, he's such a good slot player, right? So I think, you know, like, I think Houston Texans will spend big money for Chris Harris. I think he can play in the slot for them. I think they like him. I think the Texans, who have a ton of cap room and no draft picks, 
I think they pay big money for him. I love the pacing on this. This is just like a game show. We just needed some music next time, Joe. <laughs> Jameis Winston, famous Jameis of the box. He throws a lot of picks. He throws a lot of yards. Throws a lot of touchdowns. You mentioned Bridgewater, Tampa Bay in love with him. Does Jameis Winston stay with the Buccaneers? I don't think he's going to get franchised, and I think he could be left without a chair for a while. I think he's going to have to take a deal somewhere where it's going to have to be a prove-it type deal. I, the word I hear on the on the street for on Jameis is this: there's not a lot of loving going on. Could it be New Orleans to back up Drew Brees to back up that? I don't think they have the cap room to do that to replace Teddy Bridgewater, you know. And then there's some other teams, you know. For me, I don't really have a chair for him right now. Could it be the Arizona Cardinals and pay big money to be back up to him? But then Winston's got to know he's the backup. I, I don't know if he's willing to take that chance and run that risk, you know, and, and go into a situation, but. I would put Winston in Carolina just kind of like because it could give him an asset, but I think they're they're going to sign Philip Walker once the XFL's over with him. Why shouldn't they, right? He played for Matt Rule at Temple. You know, he, he Matt Rule knows him better than anybody. They have a quarterback opening. It's not going to be Will Greer. So, you know, for me, I think that uh, it's not going to be Kyle Allen. I, I think Philip Walker could end up in Carolina, but for just for the sake of, of getting through this game, this is like one of those Jeopardy questions you just don't know the answer to. Uh, Winston, I don't know the answer to, so I'll put him in Carolina. Okay, but I, how about this? Because I, I agree with you. I don't want to. I don't want to hem you into a pick because when you're not 100. percent But it sounds like my greater than 50 percent chance he's not with Tampa. Can we say that? Yeah, no doubt. I don't think he's going back to Tampa. I mean, the, the word on and and here's if he does go back to Tampa is that basically they can't get Bridgewater or they can't get River. I mean, and you're going to know that. You know, I don't think they need to franchise Winston in order to get him back, right? Like, I, I don't think they need to do that. I think you need to franchise Tannehill if you think you're going to get him back. Now, maybe you can maybe you could take the roll of the dice because Tannehill's familiar and all the players there. And I think some teams are going to be willing to do this. Again, we don't know what the CBA is, but I think teams are really willing to roll the dice. And once you lock them onto that franchise number, who hold on now, hold on to your asses, you know? <laughs> Well, here's what I want to say to you. Just in terms of talent, do you think Bridgewater's an upgrade over Winston? Because I'm not convinced he is. To your point, I think Winston's got the stronger arm. I think he's mobile. I do think he makes mistakes. There's no question. Too many interceptions that would annoy me, but I don't think Bridgewater has the arm. So I don't, if I'm Tampa, if I'm a Tampa Bay fan, I don't go, hey, we got Bridgewater over Winston. I don't think that's a win for me. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, but I think one thing he can do is protect the football. And I think that that's what they crave. Look, what, what do you always crave in most sports? You, if you have a coach who's an asshole, the next coach you hire, as a friendly guy, yep. then you fire him for an asshole, right? So if you have a turnover machine, a quarterback, who's the next player you want? You want somebody who's going to protect the ball, right? And, and I mean, I could see Phillip Rivers being there in Tampa as well because, you know, you know, Bruce could say, look, Rivers is no different than Carson Palmer. He was a pocket passer. Look what I got out of Carson Palmer when he played. So I do see some of that. But I think I think the one thing about Bridgewater that, that you're not – really giving him enough for is his intangibles within the locker room, something I think Tampa needs. I think he unifies and players love him. And I think that that's what Tampa needs as much as anything. Fair enough. How about Jadeveon Clowney? Obviously, so much hype coming out of college. Oh, man. A defensive end last with the Seahawks. You know, this is going to be expensive. I know Philadelphia wanted to make the trade for him, and they took a lot of crap in the in the press because they didn't get him, and he would give them another edge rusher. You know, I, I'm going to guess – I'm going to guess Philly here, and and only because I think Philly will try to get a corner and a rusher in the in this, and then they'll get the receivers in the draft. So I'll guess Philadelphia here. Wow! But I I think this is a dangerous guy to sign. I really do. It looks good on the surface, right? It looks great, but he never stays healthy, and he has moments 
of brilliance. He just doesn't have a career of brilliance, and he's going to get paid for a career of brilliance. And then all of a sudden, he could mail it in, which would be a brilliant stroke for a guy who doesn't want to work very hard. So <laughs> that could go sideways in a hurry. Marcus Mariota, last with the Titans, clearly needs a fresh start. During the season, we had said Eagles. Yeah. Are you going to go Philly here for Mariota? You know, I, I, I know this sounds like a Philly podcast here, but I think Mariota will certainly have a strong look there. I could see New England signing Mariota. I know Josh McDaniels, uh, you know, liked him coming out. I don't think he's, you know, his arm is so... And I saw it at the workout when I was at Oregon. I mean, he just doesn't power drive the ball. But here's what will happen is, if you just circle the West Coast offenses teams and you circle them around the wagon, I could see like a Jacksonville taking a chance on them too. Somebody who wants to run the West Coast, who wants to run the pure West Coast, who thinks they can fix him and put him in the right West Coast scheme, I think that's where he could go. Could he go to Green Bay as a backup? No doubt. Could he go to Jacksonville as the backup? No doubt. I mean, I think he's going to go somewhere where it's going to be predominantly a West Coast system, rhythm passing game. He's going to be a backup. They're going to try to fix him for a year and then get him ready to go. And I think it could get too expensive for a team like Philly or New England to sign him. But I could see a team like Pittsburgh, you know, maybe Pittsburgh signs him, figure they could put him into their system and maybe he could work well there. He still carries some cachet in terms of because he was drafted where he was and and he's got this kind of – belief that he's still a good player, even though you can't really find it and the durability is an issue on tape. You know, so it will be a West Coast offense type team. All right. So Marcus Mariota, maybe New England, maybe Jacksonville, maybe Pittsburgh. Four more to go. How about Hunter Henry, the tight end last team with the Chargers? Uh, I think he'll go to New England. I think that's the perfect place for him. I think New England's got to pay for a tight end, right? I mean, they can't function as an offense. You can't go with Ryan Izzo and and, and some of the guys that they try to play at tight end and try to win games. They got to get a tight end. I think this is the key to their offense is trying to find somebody who can, who can handle the edge. And I think that's where he'll end up. All right. Jack Conklin, the offensive tackle with the Titans. Yeah, I think Jack Conklin's probably the hottest guy in free agency. I think Washington's going to, he may be the first guy to sign. I think Washington's going to just deliver the Brinks truck to Jack Conklin and just put him in there and just try to fix their offensive line. Washington's going to be really aggressive. They're serious about the quarterback. Make no mistake about this. They're serious about trying to figure out this quarterback. And Washington, Tua, is is not past anybody's physicals yet. He still has to work out. He's going to have to go back to the rechecks. It gets problematic after problem. Every day I talk to somebody in the league, it's like, uh uh-oh, it ain't good. Now, they're not telling me he's fouling the physical, but they're not saying it's good. The media, the mainstream media has got him as he's fine. Everything's great. No, if you talk to anybody within the league, it's a problem, as we talked about last week on the GM Shuffle. So Washington is serious about the quarterback because they've heard the horror stories inside that building on Haskins. Wow. His inability to pay attention. And and I think it was somebody came out and said that they were worried he had dyslexia uh, last year during the season. But they are worried about it. And I think that Daniel Snyder, the great scout of the Redskins, I think he's going to have to stand down. I don't think he's going to be able – he promised Rivera that he he's going to have to allow him. And look, let's face it. If you have any doubts whatsoever about Haskins, which you should have some, including people that like Haskins, you should you should seriously consider this. You should do all your due diligence. You should think about Phillip Rivers. You should think about somebody else. I think that's where, and I think the Redskins are going to be ultra-aggressive in free agency. I love the reference to Daniel Snyder as the great scout. Joe Thune, offensive tackle, last year with the Patriots. Oh, I, I think Tooney's going to be another hot guy. I think Tooney's going to make some serious coin. 
I think there's a few hot guys, okay? And I think Tooney's one of them. Anthony Hardgrave from Pittsburgh. We don't have him on the list. He's right now, it's like liar's poker to get in that game for him from the Steelers. He's at 12 to 14 million. The guy starts 52 games in his career. He's got 14 and a half sacks, which, you know, I mean, 52 games, 14. He's a run based player. But he's going to make a boatload of money. And I don't know where it's going to, it's going to come from somebody. Could it come from Carolina? Could it come from Jacksonville? I mean, there's a bunch of teams that have cap room that are going to pay. It won't come from Indianapolis, but, it, you know, they have cap room. But it'll come from one of those teams. Could it come from a Houston who has a ton of cap room? Yeah. But I think the guys like that. And I think Tooney's another one of these players that has a ton of value. I'm going to guess the Chargers. They need inside offensive linemen badly. Tooney fits for them. I'm, they're going to pay big dollars. All right, so name that tune with Joe Tooney going to the Chargers. One more free agent before we get to players who could get traded. DJ Reader, defensive tackle from the Texans. Well, this is another hot guy. I mean, DJ Reader, I got him going to Denver. 52 games starter, six and a half sacks in his career, 22 quarterback hits, and Denver's going to pay him big time money. And, and Houston's going to have to replace him, but these rundown guys are getting huge money. And DJ Reader is a hot commodity amongst everybody. I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the first guys signed on uh, the first day of free agency. And I think Denver's the team that wants him badly. All right. Do you want to do players who could get traded as well? Derek Carr currently with the Raiders. Uh, you know, that this is, this is an interesting one. I could see Washington making a play for Derek Carr. If they don't like Tua, if his medical is concerned... And that the Raiders, assumingly, they they tr- they get Tannehill or Brady or somebody like that. I could think Washington could make a play for them. I also think Jacksonville could make a play for them. And I also think Chicago could. But the problem with Chicago is I think his cap number is a little too high for them. They'd have to do something. But those three teams, to me, would be strongly in play. Well, Bears, that'd be a big upgrade. All of a sudden, you're pushing Trubisky. You got Derek Carr, a young quarterback, can do some things, has had some success. How about Andy Dalton with the Bengals? Where can the Red Rifle end up? I think the Red Rifle, everybody thinks New England. I don't. I think New England, if they let Brady walk, I think New England takes the low-key approach. I think New England will say, okay, we'll, we'll try to sign a veteran player as a backup, whether it's Casey. Keenum or someone like that at a, at, a, at a modest backup number. We'll see what we have in Stidham, you know, and then we'll wait for the market to flush down and see exactly what's going on. The one thing you got to know about the Patriots is they never pay top dollar. I mean, they truly are the Vogels. Remember the Vogel family that, that collected art at cheap prices? I mean, that's the Patriots. That's what they do. They collect art before it becomes popular. They, just should, they should change the name of the Patriots to the New England Vogels, you know, <laughs> and, and I think that they'll wait for the market. They're not scared of the market. See, most of these freaking teams are scared of the market. You know, they're scared. Oh, we're going to lose this guy. You know, Brady's uh, Belichick's attitude is, I don't care. I'm not. I'm. I'm more worried about my culture than I am worried about losing a player. And it, that goes for Tom Brady too. If Tom doesn't want to be here and Tom wants to dictate, that's everything we don't believe in a program. So it might be better off that we get divorced. So like everybody thinks Andy Dalton's going there. I don't think Andy Dalton's going to New England. It would surprise me. It would be out of character for them. And one thing we have to know about free agency is there are characters of teams. We know Jacksonville who has not had a compensatory pick in the last 10 years, who's wasted more money than than most countries' national gross revenue, and have kept the guy who does all these mismanaging picks, right? We know they're going to spend money, right? They can't wait to. We know Houston has to be a player in free agency because Houston doesn't have any draft picks. 
I think Andy Dalton, the perfect place is Chicago. Wow. Would love to see him in the Bears, man, pushing Trubisky. Okay, we'll put Chicago down with everyone else is saying New England. How about Trent Williams, the Redskins, the tight end? Well, here's their guy. I mean, I think they got to try to get him turned around. He wants a new contract. They're going to have to get that worked out. If they don't, you know, how many teams need a left tackle? Start with everybody, right? He's still a relatively young player at left tackle who's got certainly has availability to uh, play well and effectively for them. I mean, there's so many teams that could utilize him. It's giving up what asset do you want for him. I mean, are you going to give up a one and then have to pay the player? I mean, that's the problem with with uh, the, the kid from Jacksonville, the defensive rush end. I can't say his name all the time. Is The problem is it's going to cost you a huge amount of money. you got to pay him. And then you got to turn around and give up a huge asset, which is a first-round pick. That's why I, I don't see the, the Redskins trading Trent Williams. I don't know if anybody's going to afford to do that. But if Tennessee loses Conklin, he's a right tackle. They need to replace him, not that Trent Williams is a right tackle. So, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in this area. Teams need left tackles. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no question that so many teams could use an upgrade, and Trent Williams would be an upgrade for a lot of teams, starting with the Denver Broncos, who have the guy who just basically leads the league in holding penalties, playing left tackle. That would be a huge upgrade for for the Denver Broncos. All right, left tackle is always important. Look at the blind side. Uh, Darius Slade Jr., the cornerback, Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, this is another one that's going to cost you money. I think if the Eagles don't get Byron Jones, do I see them making a play here, give up a draft choice. I mean, you got to believe the Lions are going to lower their demands. They're not going to get a one for Darius Slay. No one's trading a one for a guy who's got one year left on his contract who wants a new contract, right? That's a hard thing to do. So I think if the Eagles don't get him, I think they could certainly go back and and try to make a trade for Slay Jr., you know, and see where that ends up. And But all teams, so many teams need corners. Like Denver, they're going to lose Chris Harris. They could use a corner. Seattle, they could use a corner. I mean, but again, it's going to come back to What's it cost you to extend this guy? Do you have the cap room to extend him? I mean, look, Indianapolis has the cap room to pay for the guy. I haven't even mentioned Indianapolis on any of these players, which is ridiculous because they've got so much cap room to spend, and yet they have. I don't have them on anybody but because I, I think they'll be more in the middle market, but I could see them making a play for a guy if the deal's the right deal. All right, last one here for Name That Tune, Rob Havenstein. This is going to be an interesting one because I can't believe they paid Haverstein. Like, I, like for me... When they paid Haverstein, I'm like, that's insulting to scouting. Because if you're telling me we can't find a player just as good as that in the draft and we can develop him in two years, like, why are we paying for that? Like, there's always a part that you have to believe in that if a and, and this is why you need a grading system. This is why if you pay a 59 player, which I think Haverstein is, which means is he's he's at the bottom ranks of the t- of the starting tackles in the league. If you can't find a 59 tackle somewhere in your draft process, then you should just fire the whole draft department. You should just get rid of everybody, because that's really what. And when you pay him, and now they're getting rid of him. I mean, it's like they want to trade him. I mean, seriously, what do you think you're going to get for him? I could see him going to Tennessee only because right tackle replaced right tackle. I love it. Name that tune. We got to do this again. This is fun. After the break, where the hell is Tom Brady going? He officially becomes a free agent next week. We'll try to determine which team is going to get him. Plus, how about trading announcers? (laughs) We'll tell you what we mean after this. 
The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know, I love playing football. I love playing for this team. I love playing for this team for two decades and winning a lot of games. Again, I just, I don't know what it looks like moving forward, so we'll just take it day by day. Where the hell is Tom Brady going? All right, thanks to Nesson there for the audio with regards to Tom Brady. Three regular season MVPs, three first-team All-Pros, four Super Bowl MVPs, and six championship rings. The ones that are getting the dance right now, by the way, listening to the Levitard Show, they have the great uh, song, The Brady Hunch, rather than The Brady Bunch. <laughs> but you got the Patriots, the Chargers, the Buccaneers, the Titans. Where are we thinking, Mike, this week? I think we've taken this, as most of the times I try to think differently than everybody, I think we have to quantify you know, what are the odds are going back? I would say in October, I thought he would stay Patriot 95-5, favoring the Patriots. I think by December, I was at 75-25. I think in January, after that loss, I went to 60-40. Now I'm probably 30-70. Wow. You know, that he's gone. Maybe even 20-80. I don't get the vibe that it's going to happen. And the longer this CBA goes out, I think it becomes problematic. But I do know this. I do know this. I think he has a strong interest. And he said it the other day to Charlie Weiss, and I respect what he said. Nobody knows nothing. And he's right. But I have a strong hunch. Call it an instinct. Call it something through the grapevine that San Francisco's in play. And I wrote about it in The Athletic this week. Not because I think it's going to happen. I'd, I'd, I'd say it's four. I'd say it's twenty eighty that it that, that it happens. Twenty percent it happens. Eighty it doesn't. But I think San Francisco's in play, and I think it's going to make the first week of free agency some of the most fascinating conversations about team building you're going to see. Because if they sign him in San Francisco. And they trade Garoppolo. Where do they trade Garoppolo? What's the market for Garoppolo? What effect does that have on everybody else? And who's left without a seat? Who's left without a seat? I think Winston would be my, I would bet Winston to not have a seat. A seat meaning a starting job, guaranteed, right? I mean, Trubisky has a seat, God knows why, but he has a seat, right? Like, to me, somebody's going to be left without a seat, and we'll see. But I think this 49er is, I think he's interested in the 49ers, 
as much as anything. Now, that could be just doing due diligence. I'm glad you mentioned it because my brother texted me and goes, yo, your man Lombardi got some love from Peter King. This is from ProFootballTalk.NBCSports.com. Number five on Peter's 10 things, I think. I think this was an enlightening and smart column by Mike Lombardi of The Athletic about Tom Brady and Kyle Shanahan. Lombardi writes, even at his age, Brady can take the game over with his mind. He can get into the right play and does not need the right call all the time. This is not a knock on Garoppolo, but rather a tribute to Brady's experience. And it's something that could bring a title to the 49ers. Brady would be ideal for the present and trading Garoppolo would give the 49ers an asset for the future. They could trade Garoppolo back to the Patriots or any other team in need of young talent, then spend draft capital on another young quarterback. Shanahan has great faith in his ability to find non-mainstream quarterback talent. He believes his offense makes the quarterback better, and that he does not need rare skills at the position. Yeah, That's good stuff, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it, and a, a friend of mine sent me an email, which probably made my day. A real writer sent me an email the same. It was a good column. That, that makes my day. But I think, I think the reality here is is what people miss in this whole thing, and I put it a little bit in the column, I probably should have gone stronger about it, is Shanahan has balls. He's got big balls. He's got big balls, and he don't give a fuck. He genuinely just don't give a fuck. He knows he's smarter than most people that are even – he knows he's 50 times smarter than anybody critiquing him, and he knows he's probably in the top 5% of people in the league. And he don't really give a shit. He thinks – and I know this. He thinks he can get – call it confidence, call it arrogance. He thinks he can get Nick Mullen to play almost as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, he knows if he traded Jimmy Garoppolo to some to New England, Garoppolo would play well. But if he traded Grimmy Garoppolo to somebody else, then he may not play as well. But he also knows that if he traded Nick Mullen to somebody else, he wouldn't have no chance of playing good. So that confidence lends him to believe, look, if we get Brady for two years, say we get Brady for a couple years, we'll get rid of this bad contract we have here, we'll put Tom for two years, and then I'll go out and I'll, I'll find us the next guy at cheap money, at cheap money. And then we'll have a ton of cap room to build the team around him. See, that's the smart way to do it. That's what drove me crazy about Sean McVay. I would have told Sean McVay if he he said when he said we need to sign Jared Goff, I said, Sean, I'll give you the twenty five a year. I don't want to give him thirty five a year. I'll pay you twenty five. It's worth it for me to pay you twenty five a year and go find somebody who can do what he can do, and let's build the team around him than it is for me to pay him thirty five and we're being stuck to where we are. When you do that, that's like in the NBA when they when they're stuck in purgatory. And it takes balls to come out of purgatory. And very few people in the NFL have balls. Shanahan has balls. Well said. How about the balls that try to trade for an announcer? NBC Sports declining ESPN's initial request to engage in trade talks to acquire Al Michaels. I saw this story from the New York Post, Andrew Marsh, and I go, hang on, this is a joke, right? No. ESPN had put Michaels, the 75-year-old, atop a list for potential dream teams are trying to get Peyton Manning. So Michaels has two years left on his contract to call Sunday Night Football. Mike Tirico is already set to take over at that time. He may call more games over the next two seasons. He's the new face of NBC. Everyone knows he does the Olympics and all the rest of it. And Al Michaels was traded before, 14 years ago, in a deal involving Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which took months to complete. How about this, Mike? Al Michaels' potential trade to ESPN dashed immediately. Uh, can you tell me, like, what was he traded for the first time? Like, I, you know this better than I. I ha- what was he traded for? Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. So since it was a deal between Disney and NBC, they wanted the rights to this character. So it was in the animation department, and for some reason, Disney didn't have the pure rights. They said, okay, NBC will give you the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. It's hysterical. That's amazing. I mean, look, I think you could, you have a great perspective because you were in there. My question is on all this is why the hell didn't ESPN just sign Mike Tirico to make him the star of the network? Why didn't they do that? 
Well, that's a great point because you're right. What happens is that you go, ah, oh, we'll get around to it later on. Ah, oh, we'll see. And then maybe it's money or whatever the reason is. Okay, we, we think he's expendable. And you're absolutely right. That's what happens at ESPN. You had the guy who is outstanding and who now NBC is going to make the guy. And I'm sure ESPN, by the way, if they can't get Al Michaels, they'd say, well, what about Tarika? Can we get him back? Like that's It's a classic ESPN way. People leave there, Mike, and then they get valued more once they're gone. You know, Michelle Beadle leaves Sports Nation. She goes and does stuff at NBC. We got to get Michelle Beadle back. Put her on. Okay, great. Rachel Nichols leaves. Go to see. We gotta get Rachel Nichols back. Steve Berthume leaves. We gotta get Steve Berthume back. It's a classic ESPN way of letting them go. Keith Overman's gone. We gotta get Keith back. Right? They do this all the time. There's been rumors for years they're gonna get Dan Patrick back at some point. Like this is a constant thing with ESPN. It's like they value the guy more after they leave. It's amazing. It is. It's just truly. It's no different than most businesses, right? They can't evaluate their own talent. They have no conviction. They have no balls to believe that what they're doing. And now they got. I mean, how would? I mean, I feel bad for Booger, right? Oh, like yeah. poor Booger sitting there knowing he's going to be out. Joe, uh, he knows he's going to be, he's out. And if they put Herb Street and Fowler on Monday night, I mean, that that ain't going to go real well. I can promise you that. Because it's a whole different ball game, right? We, I mean, bad enough. I mean, I'm muted now. I mean, it's going to get worse, right? I'll, I'll, there'll be a mute coalition going on. So <laughs> it's the marquee show on the network. I know they're going to spend all this money. And look, Tony Romo, God bless him. He put on the cover of my book. If I ever get into coaching, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this book. That's one of the, that's a quote he gave me for the cover of my book. Nice. Well. You know, I, I I know this. He's never getting the coaching now. I mean, he's never going to use my book because oh. if you're making 17 million doing 17 games a year or 20 games a year, whatever it is, you know, or 22, and you can play golf Monday through Thursday, you ain't getting into coaching. Trust me. So that's over with. We can forget about that. But I mean, I think it's just the ripple effect of all this. Like, if they want, they want Peyton Manning, obviously. So to, you know, CBS. This is truly like a true negotiation. Romo be benefited by. Peyton not doing anything. Romo had value at say eight, seven, nine million, right? Peyton's out there. So, you know, we know somebody's going to overpay for Peyton. So why not we just overpay for Romo? Romo makes the deal. Great, great, great job by Romo's agents understanding the market. Yeah, it all comes down to timing. I feel bad for Tess and Booger because you're right. Nobody wants us out there. They're trying to sign other guys. And it's funny, just the whole idea of trading announcers. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and Al, I mean, look, look, I love Al. Al's one of the great characters of all time. If you're ever in Los Angeles, you listen to this podcast and you want to have Al sign anything, go to Toscano's restaurant. It's re- getting remodeled right now. It's one of my favorite Italian restaurants in the world. I love it. When I lived in LA, I would go, Doc Rivers is there all the time. Al is truly the concierge of the restaurant. He's got his own table, much like in The Irishman. He's back in the corner. Uh, he just doesn't have a phone there at his table. And, you know, people come and eat there three or four times with his wife, sometimes with his friends. I mean, it's truly a remarkable thing. And, and you know, and Al loves, I, I mean, Al's getting up there, but he lives in Brentwood. He lives right around the street from the restaurant. I mean, you know, it's amazing how much he's craved as he's gotten older. I mean, he's getting better. Experience matters. Uh, I agree. 75 years old and still at the top of the game. Also, I read his book, Doesn't Eat Vegetables. It's amazing. For everybody out there telling the kids to eat vegetables, Al Michaels hates vegetables, which can be proven by your story with the Italian food. Just more carbs, the better. Helps your voice. I don't know. I mean, it's amazing. And look, let me tell you something. If you're out there, the gravy there, it's not good. It's just not good gravy. It's great gravy. I promise you. It's great. Okay, I'm adding this to the list next time in LA, and I hope to see Doc Rivers or Al Michaels there. Don't go anywhere. After the break, Mike and I discuss the idea of rivalry week in the NFL. That's next.
All right, time now for Joe's question of the week before we open up the mailbag. What do we got, Joe? Hypothetical question. Do you think the NFL would ever postpone regular season games due to the coronavirus? If so, would they play a full season or a shortened season as a result? It's scary to think because the way leagues are now doing things, and obviously every league has now made new rules. I know with Major League Baseball, the NHL, they'd say, look, we're locking off the locker room. The media can't go in there. They'll just have the player come out one by one, whoever you want to interview and go from there. So they're definitely taking precautions. But I couldn't imagine this, Mike. They might say, and this is what Barkley was talking about on Colbert, hey, fans can't come to the game, which is insane. I mean, Charles was talking about as a player, the way you feed off the energy of the crowd, you're playing four games in five nights with the crowds roaring their approval or booing you. Obviously, that motivates you as well. I can't imagine the NFL ever postponing this season, but... Uh, there, uh, maybe, 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 maybe if this thing is not solved by August, September, they would say, hey, fans stay away. We'll play in front of empty stadiums, which would be horrible to see. Yeah, it would be horrible. But I don't understand it. If Wuchan got it under control, which is where it started. Yes. And they're back to, I don't know if they're back to normal or not, but people are actually engaging. They've opened the Starbucks up over there. If they're back, why are we talking about it in September here in this country? Like, I don't understand it. Like, either we get control of it like they did. I mean, they didn't quarantine the whole nation. I mean, Italy, I mean, you know, you can't even go. I mean, could you imagine, you know, Italy not not having tourism? What's that's going to do for their economy? I mean, that's just unbelievable. So what I could see is what happened, unfortunately, with 9-11. Like when 9-11 struck, I was in the punter from Richmond's office and I saw the uh, I saw the the plane uh, literally watching the planes, unfortunately, hit the World Trade Center. And I said to the punter from Richmond, that this is this is a catastrophe. This is a disaster. Of course, naturally, he said, "Now nah, we'll play." I said, "No, we ain't playing games this weekend. There's no freaking way. We're, there's nobody wants to watch football. They want to watch us bomb some country, but they don't want to watch football, right? Because what they just did here." And so, well, naturally, but then we made up the game at the end of the year. And I think this. I think this for Joe's question. I think the NFL wants their game to go through February. I think they want the game to end when March Madness begins. I think they want I think the NFL wants to go all the way through the third week of February to dominate basically, you know, from August through February be the dominant sport and I think they're going to get there. That's interesting. Of course, they are working to try and get an extra game in the regular season. Maybe you postpone a weekend. Who knows how it ends up working out. GMShuffle at gmail.com. Why doesn't the NFL have a rivalry week? Match up an NFC team and an AFC team permanently. Set aside one week during the year. Make it a big event, alternating home slash away each year. Wouldn't this make complete sense to attract fans to the stadium with a geographical proximity for both fan bases? This is from Shuffler Matt. I love it. I, I love the idea. I mean, I love the. it makes too much sense. I mean, it makes too much sense. It would make, you know, poor Harold Katz's job at the league office part. But I mean, like, why shouldn't Atlanta play Jacksonville every year? Like, seriously, they're they're within the close proximity of one another. You know, why shouldn't Carolina play Washington every year? Right? You know, that they 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 should play every year. Why shouldn't Philly play Pittsburgh? You know, why shouldn't the Jets play the Giants? You know, why shouldn't, you know, New England, who are they going to, who's their rivalry? Well, their rivalry with everybody, but who are they going to play? I mean, pick somebody, the Giants or somebody. Who should Denver play? Denver probably should play uh, a team like, you know, I mean, Seattle was once their rivalry or Kansas. They play Kansas City. I mean, the Houston Texans, I mean, they really aren't. So you got to really work your way through it. But there are certain rivalries that should happen. I mean, some are easier, some are a little bit more difficult, but you create the rivalry by playing them all the time. Right. Some of them might be forced at first, but hopefully it develops into something. And on the yeah. field, maybe there's some tension, hostility, and then obviously the fans acclimated to us as well. And rivalries really only are created when two good teams. I mean, 
we had a great rivalry with Cincinnati when I was in Cleveland. They were good. We were trying to get good. That was a great rivalry. Pittsburgh was not really a rivalry because we couldn't beat their ass. But when te- when both teams are good, that creates the rivalry. Absolutely. Before we say goodbye, I meant to mention this to you a couple of weeks ago. I was watching PTI, and they ran the clip, and you know, we love uh, Will Bond and Kornheiser, about when Joel Embiid got the ball stolen by Kevin Hurd at the end of the game and gave him the finger. And I thought of you immediately. Like, Embiid, they're talking about him on PTI for giving the guy the finger in garbage time for getting the ball stolen from him. It was hilarious. It, it's so bad. I mean, it's just – I wrote a column for the Daily Coach this week, motivated by them. I I mean, they they go out to Golden State and and they lose. And, and if any coach listening to this and you don't read the Daily Coach, what I was trying to make the point of was every time we talk about a great player in a press conference, every time we give a great player accolades, and you know, then that basically when that player misses a game, that allows the team to have an excuse to lose. It's subliminal, right? You're saying you're not, but it happens. And I think because of that. Uh, because of that, you know, the, the Sixers go out and lose to a Golden State team that was really a G League team. I mean, probably, I mean, I've had a lot of bad 76er losses in my life, but that one there was the cake. That one there took the cake. To lose to that shitty team, and you're paying Tobias Harris and Al Horford ma- almost max-type contracts, and you've got basically the core of your, and you lose to that team, man, that, that just tells you mentally your organization is soft, and, and I don't blame the coach. I blame the organization. I'm reading this book now about the 76ers process. I'm about two chapters in. Hopefully, we'll get we'll get the writer on the show here, and we could talk about team building. Our team feels pretty strong. Make sure you join us for the GM Shuffle next week. As always, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, rate and review. And next week is a big one. As Mike mentioned earlier when talking about Brady, agents can begin negotiating with other teams noon Eastern on March 16th. So free agency is going to be a lot of fun next week. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>